Well, I think all the things that we've talked about, I think it's acceptance. It's, I think, you know, not judging other people, obviously not doing any crime. I, I think it's really, by and large, it is accepting and caring for your family, friends, neighbors, strangers. Um, I think there needs to be more of that. I think that there's, and I'm not the authority Santa Claus is, so this is me speaking for Richie Buck, basically. Yes. Yeah. Love people years worth in a day to make up for everything. And there's also, you know, give yourself grace because I think that we're so, and I, I deal with this a lot because I'm constantly thinking like I'm not doing enough and I could do more and I have to give myself grace. And I think it's important for other people to give the people that they interact with grace because life is hard. There's nothing about it anymore. That's really easy. It's hard. It's convoluted. We just went through a pandemic. You know, the economy is, you know, inflation's up. There's, you know, no matter which side you're listening to, they're going to tell you that it's worse than it is. Give yourself some grace. Accept, love yourself, accept yourself and provide a little bit of that grace and love to other people because people need it right now. And a lot, there are a lot of people out there hurting and there are a lot of people that can, could benefit from your podcast. I think, I hope they could benefit from my podcast and from a lot of these other podcasts that are generally coming from places of pure intention. This is the Silver Linings Handbook Podcast. I'm Jason Blair. That's Jason Usry, the creator, the producer, writer, and head elf of the true crime satire podcast, Santa Maybe a Criminal. Jason has been an audio producer for more than half a dozen popular podcasts, including several popular true crime podcasts and those in other genres. Like the Santa Who May Be a Criminal, Jason grew up in a small town in Georgia where he learned the power of writing to help heal and entertain people. This is the second of two episodes with Jason, who's also a screenwriter and a producer himself. In the first episode, we talked about growing up in a small town, his journey to bringing Santa Claus and satire into the true crime space, and the power that writing can have to help lives. If you've not caught that episode, I recommend you go back and listen. Today, we're going to continue our conversation on the thought process that goes into writing fiction, the inspiration for some of the characters on his podcast, what working in podcasting in Hollywood are like, and what we can all do to build more joyful lives for those around us, and yes, how to get on and stay on the nice list. Like, like most people aren't writers and can't sort of just create things that are certainly things that are authentic, as authentic as the things that you create. What is your process like? Like, I, I kind of 
listening to you, you just sound like a connoisseur of life that all the time you're sucking in new and interesting things to create. I, go ahead. Just tell me what, what's the process like? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think I, I just, I like to listen. I like to talk to people. I like to talk about philosophical uh, things and, and not, like boring philosophical things, but things that impact people on a very, you know, one-to-one basis. It's a lot of listening. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of watching, you know, I've watched a lot, consumed a lot of content in my life, but you know, dialogue is, is hard because it can, can be taken out of, you know, you, Dialogue is probably the most nitpicked thing in, in screenwriting because a lot of it depends on I've, I've seen really bad lines of dialogue look really good or sound really good when delivered by the right actor. Right. You know? right. So it becomes this thing, you know, where you have to be kind of careful. And for me, it's always con- your actors as you do it. Like, are you thinking about it? who is going to deliver this? No, like, well, not, not in that, in that scenario, again, like with them, I, I wanted to have, I had, you know, it was when these things like, so in season one, for instance, I never mentioned that like Richie is attached to anybody, but I mentioned that Richie has a son because one day I was recording and my little boy came in and interrupted my recording and, so I said, Hey, like, what do you want to say to the, the microphone? And he said, I'm Batman, <laughs> you know, which was amazing to me. I thought that was, so I kept it in the show just as, perfect, you know, it, because it's again, for, as a gift to me and, and for them, it was the same sort of thing. Like I knew I wanted Santa Claus. I had not mentioned that Santa Claus and Karen Claus had a son or a daughter or anything like that. And a lot of the show, I, I operate on a sort of my formula, so to speak, is, you know, you've got sort of your sort of a plot, maybe a B plot. And then at the end of the episode, there's there's some sort of twist that pushes you into wanting to listen to the next episode. And I think the episode before that, the twist was that Richie, you know, determined but finds out that Santa Claus has a daughter or whatever. And, so then he goes to meet her in the, the episode and, but I wanted to have again, since they were married and I've tried to like keep people together as much as I could, because I want them to have fun with it. I feel like it's again, it's sort of a gift to them. It's like Brittany and John are now, you know, they're in the show, you know, as a, as a couple too, you know, and it's like Shiloh and Sydney, you know, I, I don't have a scene where they've, met each other yet but i want to have that happen where detective strong talks to ellie the elf so there are things like that that are kind of played throughout the show as well but the you know in terms of just sort of i think i think you're right like i enjoy i enjoy people i enjoy being around people most of the time i enjoy listening to people i enjoy hearing the things that make people joyful and happy. 
And so I've just tried to sort of keep that as sort of my center in terms of the way I I listen. I just try to listen to people because I think I, like going back to what you said earlier, you know, truth is is stranger than fiction in a lot of scenarios, you know, and and also it's real, you know, and and I and I wanted and I and I'm glad that a lot of the, this has come off as authentic because I that is that is the idea. It actually sounds like it really is authentic for you. It's different characters, like fictional characters, but there is something very true to like the lessons that we can learn from the stories and from Richie and from it sounds like it is very much real you know it it is it certainly is for me like it is my dna like this is you know i i told uh, i've told a couple of friends of mine like i almost launched a podcast called the absolutely positively podcast and all i wanted to do in that podcast was you may have actually launched that podcast it's just called santa media criminal (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um but yeah, the, the the point of that podcast initially was to to just highlight good things it's because it wasn't again, this was a pandemic idea and I do have another podcast I want to do. It's more of a documentary style podcast, but which was the my initial idea that I wanted to do that I hope that I can do sometime. Oh, break some news and tell me more. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about it in just a second. I won't tell you necessarily the name of it, but I'll tell you what the sort of the broad idea is. But the the absolutely positively podcast was me because I got on this kick of watching all like old Mister Rogers videos, <sighs> and he does. Yeah, he does that. You know that song. It's you I like, hmm. and that to me is such a powerful, powerful song. And it was so ahead of, and in so much of what he did was so ahead of where the world was at the time. And in some cases where the world is now. Oh, and yeah, that reminds me of like what you were saying about growing up in, in Georgia and how Titanic brought all those people together, like Mr. Rogers, Sesame Street, for some people, right. know, like that, that those are ties that bind us. Absolutely. It was, it's, it's the acceptance thing for me. It's the, you know, I don't care who you are, where you come from, what you look like, who you worship. Yeah, who you love. Not. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, like you're valuable. Yes. You know, and, and so, so I wanted to kind of, I wanted to be the 21st century Mr. Rogers and, but that's just too, too high a bar. Right. So, but I wanted to do like a, like a quick little show every week and just pick some, the, the best, the happiest, most positive news stories and highlight them. And then actually that has sort of spun into something that I might do as an offshoot of this show is the naughty and nice news, which would be both naughty news and nice news. And this. Niceness. Oh, what a great idea. Is it going to be coming at us from the North pole or. I had thought about that. I thought about doing it. I've thought about having elves doing it. Yeah. Um, you could have Krampus doing it from new year. Norway. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Krampus, Billy Krampus. 
Well, that's Morgan from Crimepedia. So, oh, and, and Myra Abernathy, by the way, I don't think I mentioned this earlier. She's Cherry from Crimepedia. They have a great podcast as well. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean the the idea for me has always been to try to highlight some, the good the good stuff. The mm-hmm. the the Santa, you know, universe gives an opportunity to to do that in a really unique way. And the other thing I, I do want to say this because it's important to me. The, you know, every show, you know, every main show that we do, we do highlight a nonprofit in the true crime space to try to shed light on mm-hmm. their work. And like we've done the Porch Light Project. We've done Cold Case Investigative Research Institute. We've done Private Investigations for the Missing. You know, we've done a lot of different, not as many nonprofit. Initially, my idea was to do a different nonprofit every episode, but that hasn't worked out that way. But you know, that's the other thing, too, that's very important to me is that, like, I know while we're having some fun in sort of the genre that we are remembering that there are people that are suffering and that we're trying to get answers for yep. and um, make sure that we're shining a light on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you guys, a lot of the best podcasters in the space do that. You know, they tell they don't just tell the stories like the Idaho murders where it's mm-hmm. they tell the stories of the missing and murdered indigenous women and uh, right. people that you wouldn't necessarily have heard of. And, right. and I think it adds a, a real value to the world. Even the people, you know, I think of all the people who have spent time on places like web sluice. I mean, I think it's more than 20 now or 30 people missing people who have, have been identified. Wow. Um, bodies that were found through their through their work and that's the other thing about the true crime community it gets nailed and it gets beaten up for some legit things sometimes but uh it does it does do some some powerful good so i'm going to ask you about hollywood in a second but first i want to ask you something else um so the during your day job you do marketing right for a television station Uh, during your night job you write your own fictionalized podcast, coordinate with all these people who do the voice acting for it. And then you also are a producer, audio producer for other podcasts. So I don't know, is it distractibility or <laughs> what, what drives you? But I, I was just curious, why the audio podcasting? And I bring this up because... You know, I've mentioned her name, Alyssa Grunfelder, who's my podcast producer. You know, she's great. She's organized. She's creative. She's talented. But I think few people who are not like in the podcast industry understand how difficult us hosts can be. We never say everything right the first time. We always change our minds. We do X, Y, or Z. It's just, <laughs> it's just a field. I'm so curious about why people get into it. Um, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I'd never want to lose Alyssa. it's why 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 that part jason you know i it goes back to my love of storytelling like i i love to hear different stories like for instance um so i got into the space i mentioned her earlier rebecca sebastian with Mm -hmm. criminality um she's the first person that i worked with or she's the first podcast i listened to that i actually reached out to the creator and said hey i like your show and we started a dialogue through that. And over the course of months, we became friends. And then she had a situation where her 
current editor at the time couldn't do the work anymore. So she reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested. And I said, sure. And so I started to edit. That was Dialogue was her podcast then, which she sunsetted. And now she's focused on criminality and some other other pro- projects. So I met Rebecca and then Rebecca introduced me to Shiloh and Scott. Now, in that time, I was producing a show called End of Watch with Bootsy and Sal, which I mentioned Kevin Grogan earlier, who plays Sheriff Dewberry in the show. And uh, he's a former homicide detective and patrol officer and did a lot of specialized operations. And his partner in that podcast is a guy named Lou Velozzi, who is uh, about to really blow up. He just released his book uh, late last year. I think it was Storefront Sting. He was an ATF undercover agent who was buying guns and narcotics off the street. And the the two of them were very focused on mental health and policing, which I thought was really interesting because this is something that's not talked about very often. And, you know, that, that world is very, very focused on alpha personalities and. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you and you know about the mental health work I do. Mm-hmm. You know there, are, and I've seen this at the CIA. I've seen it at the FBI. I've seen it in law enforcement, where you know officers or um, you know F, in the case of FBI agents won't even use their health insurance to get mental health because they're right. so afraid that if they do reach out to get help that they're and they're and they're behind the times probably a little bit on this but that they're going to end up in trouble or end up sidelined this is i was going to say sidelined yeah that we heard that over and over again in in the podcast um that the the they're scared you know they're going to take away their badge and their gun and how much of their identity is built into that persona and it's um, sad to think that the people who we expect, because we haven't invested enough in frontline mental health, but we, we expect the police to deal with the mental health challenges of so many people on a daily basis, right. but we don't create an environment where they can take care of their mental health. Well, and especially when, again, these two guys, I mean, if, if a zombie apocalypse happened tomorrow, these are the two guys I want in my front yard fighting off the zombies. This is how mm-hmm. tough these guys are. And to hear them talk so uh, with so much vulnerability and candor and honesty about the need to save the mental health of our frontline responders, it was something really special to me. And, you know, he and Kevin and Lou had, tried to do their podcast. And again, I was sort of like itching to do this other podcast that I, that I want to do. And I said, I, I told him I'd help him because I wanted to do, I wanted to learn how it worked. Basically I was, I wanted to kind of figure out the process. And so I was doing that and I was working with Rebecca. Then, then later I started working with Rebecca and then she introduced me to Shiloh and Scott at LA not so confidential who were some of the, the instigators of Santa Maybe a criminal with me. And then they introduced me to Crawl Space Media. So I worked with Tim and Lance on some projects. And then um, and then with, you know, Brett and Alice, I, I literally wrote them early on in their show. 
I wrote them an email and said, Hey, I've got this idea to do this true crime satire podcast. And, um, they have Jason, you'll laugh. you'll laugh. I used to say I'll never serve on a criminal jury because as a former reporter, I'd get up there and tell you, I've never met a prosecutor that I've trusted. Brett and Alice have changed that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, they, they super, they, they, they're super trustworthy and, and I love them to death. And again, I kind of wrote them on just sort of a whim and said, Hey, I'm, you know, listen to your show, I love your show. Like, I want to satirize you guys in this show. Would you be willing? And like the same day, absolutely. Let's do it. And then I hadn't even met them at that point. And then of course I met them later and they've been such huge supporters of the show. And, um, you know, and then, and then I've done a couple of other shows that I've worked on. I've worked on a show called death by incarceration that I edited and things like that. Um, that was through crawl space as well. But, the, I think the, the drive for that is I really, I just enjoy like storytelling through the, like the audio medium, the it's, it's really fun to me because people documentaries without the limitations of needing film or time on air or. Yeah. And, and you can really, and people, you know, people say a lot that can be cut out too. Which is interesting. So it's it's a constant for me. It's a constant sort of like stretch of how can I streamline this so it's the most direct, you know, shot of the story to the viewer uh, or to the listener. But you know, f- for the work that I do with Brett and Alice and Shiloh and Scott, I just I love them as people, and they're all super supportive of my work, and um, it's just fun to listen to their content and they both, they, they both have completely different podcasts. Like, you know, Shiloh and Scott, they, they break down mental, their mental health podcasts or forensic psychologists and their day job. So they break down mental health issues and cases and they do vintage true crime and they do a documentary. They do like two forensic psych shows a month and they do a vintage true crime case and on one week and then they do a, uh, a true crime documentary review in one week. So every other week is the true crime or the forensic psych thing. And then they fit the other two in between them. But I love, I mean, they're some of my best friends in the world. And then Brett and Alice, you know, obviously they do a ton of interesting stuff and they have a, a unique style that I just, I really jive with. And so I just, I, you know, I love working with the people and, thread there though and it's not to me it's not true crime <clears throat> it's actually like humanity like yes you know between the podcasts that you listed and santa maybe like the common thread to me seems to be they're all about understanding yourself understanding other people and understanding the world around you and you know like it might be easy to say that a lot of podcasts are like that, but I don't think that's actually true in an authentic and deep way all the time. I just listening to you, Jason, the, it just sounds like there's this deep desire to understand people, understand yourself, understand the world around you and, uh, and see the good in things. 
I think that's, I think you're exactly right on that. I, I think that's exactly what I'm trying to do always. And I'm certainly not always, I, I get as cynical and frustrated and angry as everybody else. You work in Hollywood. What else would I expect? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And local news, which, you know, uh, yes. news interests or, you know, you know that. If it bleeds, but, bleeds. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and it, it, it does, you get a certain gallows humor, you yep. know, that you just to cope with yep. just sort of all the ugliness that you see all the time. Um, but yeah, at my core, I, I think it is. I think it is me trying to understand humanity and and be a better human and offer more. I, I you know, I, I serve on a number of different nonprofit boards and I'm constantly and and to a fault sometimes give of myself because I don't always, and I know you know this about me because you've called me on it, that I don't always refill my cup the way I should. And I I need to get better about that because I had this, this kind of thing that I'm trying to advocate other people to do. But yeah, it comes from a place of curiosity and, and hopefulness that, we are doing things to lift each other up because I'm frankly so alarmed and bothered by just where we are as people with not accepting each other, with, you know, picking fights with the just arbitrary BS that I see all the time that are keeping us back from being and succeeding, you know, as country, as a people, as a whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, very concerning to me because, and, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to speak from a specific political or yeah. ideological stance. I think it's on both sides. I think that the blame is, is universal. Yeah. But no one's listening. I know. Yeah, I know. It, and it and it's and it's and it's terrifying that we've forgotten how to listen to each other and we've forgotten how to have an open dialogue. And you know, it's it's okay to disagree with each other so long as you do it respectfully and you're willing to listen to the other side. And maybe we'll learn that we're not so different on on either side of the the aisle or the or the sleigh or wherever we're sitting. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Did we just both say sleigh at the same time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you have a great sense of humor. In it. <laughs> great. But yeah. To, you, you asked about Hollywood, so I'll give you a real brief. It's the only thing that doesn't fit. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yeah, my, my only real interaction with Hollywood is, you know, I, I've written a handful of screenplays and or I've written like 40 screenplays in my life, but um, a handful have been produced. I've got two in post-production right now. Uh, one's a crime thriller. One's a horror film. I wrote a, a movie called Dead Water. Before that, I wrote a movie called uh, Run From My Roots, which was previous. I, I, I kind of rewrote it and it, initially it was a sort of a an actress who got too much fame in Hollywood and she comes home to her hometown and meets the pastor that she was in love with when she was in high school. And they need to save 
his church and whatever. And anyhow, we, we reformatted that for country music. And so it was sort of a family film, friendly film. And then uh, Deadwater uh, was literally sort of a, we have a financier, uh, Chris Hilton, who actually plays the Todd father in Santa Maria Criminal. Mm. Um, he uh, came to me and says, oh, we've got, I've got a financier who is interesting in a certain amount of money. And do we have, it wasn't a ton of money. Uh, it wasn't, it was nothing to shake a stick at, but it wasn't a ton. And he said, do you have a script for that price point? And I said, no. He said, can you write something? I said, well, of course. And he said, well, what do we need to do? And I said, well, it has to be limited locations, limited cast. He said, well, let's put them on a boat. And I will tell you, this is the best advice. If there's any screenwriter out there right now listening to this podcast, and I'm sure there are dozens, maybe hundreds, <laughs> never put them on a boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you really so, your options there. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, so the, uh, so I wrote this movie, Deadwater, and it was an interesting thing. You know, Casper Van Dien was, Casper Van Dien is a very, very good human being. He's, he's amazing. Judd Nelson is probably the smartest cinephile I've ever met in my life. He is, he is a genius. He loves movies. Interesting character, but loves movies. Griff first. Who was the other? Who was the main lead in that? Just an amazing guy, such a champion of it. But you know, you run into things in independent film where you know you don't have the the support of a studio or you know all you know a, a team of producers or things like that. So things end up getting cut, and you have to adapt. You know, improvise, adapt, and overcome basically. And so we had to do that's we had to do that. And then um, same sort of thing with a couple of these other projects. I don't, I don't know exactly what I wrote ends up on the screen or whatever. Right. But but creating the collaborative process with, you know, these producers and directors have, has given me the opportunity to, to continue to get back and back and back. And it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. Like I I'll, I will say this, and I never thought I would say this. I think I prefer doing the podcast because I in maybe I'm a control freak. I don't. I typically not, but but I I prefer because I, I'm in control of all of that. Like the yeah. soundscaping, the music selection, you know, the story, the story, the character. A lot of the, people don't realize that if you're a screenwriter, the percentage of what you write that might actually make it onto the screen is probably pretty low. It is very low. It, it really is because, you know, it goes through, you have to just think about the number of filters. Like you go through the director filter, the actor filter, you know, the cinematography filter, the editing filter, you know, what the, whoever the distributor is going to have a say in what ends up, you know, in it there are all these different things that just kind of take away from what, what you've got. Senior management. Yeah. 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 And then like, you know, for, for instance, for Santa Maybe a criminal, you know, I write it, I produce it, I sound design it, I edit it, I market it. I do it. Literally I do everything for that show. I don't, the only thing I don't do is I don't do all the voices. And thankfully I have a lot of great people that do voices for me. 
but everything else in that I do. And, and it's really, and it, that is also very satisfying to me. It's like, I now joy that comes just so much joy. And when I'm sitting editing, you know, I might have 25 tracks of audio that are going at the same time because I'm building like whatever, a forest soundscape or, a you know, farm, you know, lands thing going on. And, you know, just listening through to it, like, and closing my eyes and imagining someone else hearing this across, you know, the world and saying, I'm putting them in a different place at this moment. It's so amazing. It is so fun and reaffirming um, that I'm, that storytelling is what I need to be doing. And, you know, just it, it, but doing it in a way that with, with empathy and, and acceptance. Yeah. You mentioned that thing before where you said, um, you know, like it's hard to sort of make sure your cup is full to, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure you're taking care of yourself when you're helping others. And it reminds me of that phrase people use, like put, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on someone else. But like, there's something about writing that I think offers something more powerful where you have an opportunity to put the oxygen mask on yourself so you can put it on someone else so they can then carry that message and put it on someone else and they can put it on someone else. And, and you're not just putting the oxygen mask on one person, but you're putting it on a plane full of people when you're writing and you're doing the podcasting. And, you know, I know for people who, who want to help others, you almost feel like there's never enough, but there's something so powerful about writing's ability to reach so many people through, you know, just, just the simple effort that goes into it can impact so many lives. Think about like all that feedback you got. Well, how many hundreds of other people heard that line about the elf or heard read that story like I read who never said anything or never gave any feedback. There's probably so many people touched by this approach. Now I'm not encouraging you to not sleep. I am. (laughs) But all of that said, like you may be underestimating your impact. Well, I, I I appreciate that. And that's, that's, um, I think that you say that very beautifully. I think you're exactly right. I think, for me, speaking just for me, writing does really provide some measure of therapy and healing to me because I'm always talking about something from 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 me. You know, some of the things one of the things people like about the show is at the end of it, I at the very end during the credits, I say Santa Maybe Your Colonel was conceived in you know, whatever, a Bucky's bathroom in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or <laughs> Grace Stadium in Savannah. <laughs> exa- exactly. And those always relate to moments in my life or things that are real to when an idea occurred or whatever. But they're, they're things that document my journey. They're things that I, I work through a lot of my own internal thoughts and issues when I'm writing. Um, so for, from that standpoint is, is, is very healing to me. 
But I think you're right. I think the power of of storytelling in in just about every medium, if you hit the right chord or strike the right chord, the multiplicity of it can be really astounding. And and I have found that in the show. And I don't have a gigantic audience by any stretch of the imagination, but the audience that I do have, I can tell you, is absolutely amazing, super supportive, super Every time I release something, they they come to me and they tell me what it means to them. Mm-hmm. And that is so much more important to me in this project because this is this really is me sort of laying out a lot of my own thoughts about the you know, even though it's through a lens of sort of a true crime lens, you know, there there's a lot of you know, sort of veiled skepticism of the way media handles these cases. There are things that from my own personal, you know, feeling, you know, my own personal opinions that that are in the show that, you know, I, I think people recognize and they're, they're stated in a way that I think that it opens the door for conversation and doesn't shut down or, or diminish or judge people for the positions they're in, you know? And I think that's really important. I think we're so quick to judge and we're so quick to dismiss and we're so quick to villainize that we've lost the ability to listen and communicate with each other. And that's the only way we're going to fix all the problems that we have. And we've got plenty of problems to fix, but you know, when we're sniping at each other or, you know, casting these, stones it's just not it's just not beneficial and so for me like i do kind of come come at this from a from a place of curiosity acceptance looking to work through things that matter to me because i do know that i deal with a lot of the same questions and things and you know vices and problems that thousands of other people do you know it's going to connect with somebody and if i can give people a laugh and that's what I need a lot of time. It's just, I just need something to be funny. So there's so many times I used to say, like, I can't laugh at my own stuff, but there's so many times I sit here listening oh. to when I'm listening back to and I'm just you dying. Know, and I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> I listen to myself every day and I laugh sometimes because it's funny, sometimes because <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to just give you definitely a chance for some closing thoughts, but there's very, there's one important thing that all the listeners are going to want to know, including me. How do we stay on the nice list? (laughs) Well, I think all the things that we've talked about, I think it's acceptance. It's, I think, you know, not judging other people, obviously not doing any crime. I, I think it's really by and large, it is accepting and caring for, your family, friends, neighbors, strangers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there needs to be more of that. I think that there's, and I'm not the authority Santa Claus is. So this is me speaking for Richie Buck, basically. So love everyone a hundred times more. Yes. Yeah. Love people years worth in a day to make up for everything. And there's also, you know, give yourself grace because I think that we're so, and I, I deal with this a lot because I'm constantly thinking like 
I'm not doing enough and I could do more and I have to give myself grace. And I, and I, and I think it's important for other people to give the people that they interact with grace because life is hard. It's not, Very. there's nothing about it anymore. That's really easy. It's hard. It's convoluted. We just went through a pandemic. You know, the economy is, you know, inflation's up. There's, and, and, you know, no matter which side you're listening to, you know, they're going to tell you that it's worse than it is, you know, give yourself some grace, accept, love yourself, accept yourself and provide a little bit of that grace and love to other people because people need it right now. And a lot, there are a lot of people out there hurting and there are a lot of people that can, could benefit from, from your podcast. I think, I hope they could benefit from my podcast and from a lot of these other podcasts that are generally coming from places of pure intention. And, and um, I love that. Yeah. Love that. Being dutiful, the idea of being dutiful to others and dutiful to yourself at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jason. I really do appreciate you coming on. This has been a really cool conversation. I am. Um, you know, I'm just impressed by all of what you do and the space in which you do it and the love in which you do it with. Like, um, it's not every day that you come across someone and you just instantly, you know, you, you guys joke in cr true crime that you can't do behavioral analysis very well. But you know, <laughs> I, I started talking to you just a few times on Twitter and I instantly knew that this is a genuine loving guy. And I, I just hope you have the opportunity to spread that love and spread that joy um, further and further. Well, Jason, I really appreciate that. That's, that's awesome. And I, I feel the same way about you. And I, I do hope that whatever it is that I'm able to do is, is helping somebody and giving them a laugh and, and yeah. And I, I've had such a good time with you. I know I rambled some, but that's, I'm a Southern guy. That's what right. I mean. uh, We sit on a rocking chair and we just talk and drink beer. And uh, <laughs> Well, I'm fine with it because unlike you, I do like to hear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I hate it too. <laughs> uh, no. Well, it's, it's a joy. It's been such a joy to talk to you and I hope, um, I hope we can do it again sometime. I know we were talking about something maybe for Christmas time. That would be absolutely. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have to have you on Christmas, maybe a Christmas preview to prepare, prepare everyone for the, for the season. Um, and I'd also love to come on to play whatever wacky. Oh, I'm going to get you on. I, I got to figure out what it is. I haven't outlined the whole <laughs> season three yet, but we, we're going to have a, a, a robust number of, because we have to have jury, the jury. We have to Ooh. have, you know, we got judges, we got uh -huh. you know, the defense team, we got the prosecution team, we got, and then all the other stuff too, because we're not going to just, initially I was like, it's just going to be the trial, but now I'm like, well, now I've got this. I deny all of Bob's motions. I would love to do that. Oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. All right. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Jason. It's been it's been a blast, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, I'm Jason Blair, and this is the Silver Linings Handbook Podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>